And good Tuesday afternoon. It is Tuesday, February 20th of 2024, and welcome to Sports Lounge Live, uh, show number 283, I believe, Chris? Yes. So 283, we have a lot of things. We do have a, a pretty good amount of time, though, so if you ever wanted to call in and get something off your chest, this would be a good time to do it. So uh, we have a good, goodly amount of time for callers today among with all the other sports that we have, but we do, we will have plenty of time for calls. So if you want to come in and, and talk about anything, plenty of time for that. But we do have stuff going on, so Chris, go right ahead. Okay, well, we've got the uh, the agenda for today. We've got the Daytona 500. We always cover that uh, closer than any other NASCAR race. I'm not a big NASCAR fan, but I enjoy it when I sit down and listen to it. And it kind of had its own little moment in sports yesterday because of the postponement. And then we're going to talk about golf a little bit. A couple of uh, significant things happened there. And Sean's got a couple of golf stories. We're going to do the NFL. There's always NFL. Like there is baseball, there's always NFL offseason news. Uh, we've got college. We've got baseball, of course. Spring training is open, and uh, people are there and making comments and doing whatever. And then we have the NBA, and we can talk about the All-Star Game and whatever else. But starting off with the Daytona 500, William Byron won it in Daytona. It was his first Daytona. He drove a uh, Chevy. Had to do the, and this was really cool. He had to do that. He just won it because there was a. They had gotten the white flag just seconds before there was a crash behind them, so it didn't go to caution. So all he had to do was come around the track, and he was leading the race because the people behind him had just been in a crash. So he he did come around and he did win it. He wasn't sure as he went around whether he'd won it or not because he. You know, it was just by seconds that he did. So anyway, that was a Hendrick Motors car, and they hadn't won the Daytona in, in nine Daytonas. They hadn't won. It's their uh, 40th anniversary season and the 40th anniversary of the day they, they ran at Daytona first, they said. The last Hendrick uh, was Dale, uh, Dale Jr. in 2014, and he's... Uh, uh, the, and uh, Bill, uh, William Byron's 26 years old from Charlotte. He's the sixth driver to win for Hendrick. They won nine of them all together, and they're tied with the uh, Petty team. Uh, and Byron had never been higher than 21st in the Daytona at that race and came in second uh, to Ryan Blaney last year for the championship. So he's uh, obviously on top right now. There were four cautions, and there, were, there was a big crash with about 10 laps to go, and then that, that other crash right at, right at the end and one early. So there really weren't too many accidents. It wasn't stopped over and over again. Uh, Alex Bowman was second. Uh, Christopher Bell was third. Corey LaJoy was fourth. If I could be LaJoie, he would be in hockey. And Bubba Wallace was fifth. So there you go. And uh, so any anybody have anything to say about the Daytona or anything about that before we move on to golf? I, I had it on oh. for a little while yesterday. Just a second, Sean. I had it on for a little while yesterday. I think the top, they gave the top ten and at the time they gave the top 10, I didn't recognize any of the names in that top 10 when they gave it. Go ahead, Sean. They were pointing out that there were some unusual names mixed in yeah. at certain points in the race. You know, I knew, I pretty much knew the, those names that I just read you. I'd heard them yeah. before. But, yeah, the, I you know. recognized those, but the, at one point, um, like, I think it was early to middle, but I didn't yeah. recognize hardly. Go ahead, Sean. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Pierre might want to chime in on this, but I had heard that only 22 of the 40 uh, racers, fit, 40 cars finished the race. Maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, I believe yeah, that's right. Only 22. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, and I believe all. And uh, last night, Xfinity race was won by Austin Hill. Okay. 
But Pierre, what did you think of it as far as, I mean, there were, you know, sometimes you'll have four or five cautions, six or seven cautions with four or five cars in a crash. This time there were just like three big crashes, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, like early in the race, they had a big crash that took out a lot of the big names. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And some, so of, anyway, the guy, that's, some of the guys at one point, Pierre, when I had it on, were trying to really out to see how far they could go without going on to pit road. Exactly. So, yeah, depending on the time of the race, they were pointing out part of the strategy, too, is they have to plan on fuel in case it goes into overtime. And that race there could have, you know, if he hadn't gotten the white flag just when he did, that could have gone into overtime where you have a restart and have a three lap, you know, and you've got to have fuel for that. So there's a little, it's not just the 500 miles. You've got to plan for a little extra. And he, so also, anyway, he yep. also won that race by milliseconds, not seconds, but milliseconds. Of, of when the white flag came out, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in golf, Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama it was the 2024 Genesis uh, Invitational Opener at Riv- uh, winner. Uh, it used to be the LA Open at Riviera, and uh, it passed KJ Choi and has nine wins, the top Asian player and the most uh, PGA win. And uh, he also won the 2021 Masters. And uh, Tiger was in the tournament, but he had to withdraw. First, people thought it was his back, but I guess it turned out it was the flu. But uh, you know, we were looking it up last night in our group. He's uh, 48 years old, so you can't expect much more out of Tiger. I think he's he's going to do the best he can. He might have a flash here and there. He got that Masters in 2019, but it, since since then he's kind of just among the among the group. And uh, so, uh, Sean, you had a couple of golf stories you wanted to tell about what's been going on. Well, before that, like I said, with Tiger, I think also his you know, I was 48, but his back. I mean, remember this is the tournament. Uh, remember, we were doing the show uh, when he had the wreck that yeah. time, and uh, coming out of this, coming out of this tournament, he was doing promotional stuff. So that was that show. But yeah, the flu bug really hit this tournament because you said Tiger had the flu. Jordan Spieth apparently messed up signing his scorecard on Saturday, put down the wrong score because he had to leave the course because he he got the runs from a flu, and Patrick Cantlay was in the lead. He was on his way, but he was running like 101 fever trying to finish that Sunday round, and that's how Matsuyama came back and won. But, yeah, so it, this was – I mean, this tournament, you had Tiger's wreck. Now you have the flu bug attack. It's so, hmm, something's going on with the Genesis. Maybe they should go back to the L.A. Open or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, but a week ago, and this tournament, they had the Waste Management, the Phoenix Open, which is basically a party. They always have it on Super Bowl weekend and – uh, basically what they were referring to it as the wasted management tournament because, uh, well, there were fights going on. People were jumping barricades. Saturday they had to cut off alcohol sales. Uh, golfers were getting in verbal altercations with the, uh, with, with the fans. And some golfers are like, I don't like going there. It's too out of control. And others are like, well, hey, we come to this tournament, you get you get what you get, but they're saying, yeah, maybe we need to rethink this a little bit when you have people jumping barricades. And I mean, yeah, it, it, it was like they were British soccer fans at a golf tournament. Basically. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So, and also one other story we had is uh, Vern Lundquist, actually he's going to do his last broadcast on his yep. 40th Masters uh, on Masters weekend. He's 83 years old, and this will be it. Of course, he finished up with football and basketball before. So now this will be it. This will be him officially hanging hole, it up. Hole number 16. Hole number yep. 16 will be going away, and 
Suzuki. And his his most famous master's call, I would say, was that 1986 Jack Nicholas call. I mean, you think of all the stuff he was involved in. I mean, the the, the Kentucky, the Christian Leitner shot, the 86 yep. Jack Nicholas. Uh, he was he called Tanya and Nancy. So all the stuff. I mean, just the events that he, he was there do, for. Did he do the uh, the the uh, Auburn miracle there in 2013? Yes. Was that him? Was yeah, that he that? did the all. That was that was him also. So I mean, just all those things, and you know he. He said he when he retired, he said I'm going to keep doing the Masters, and that was in '18. And now he's just like, hey, you know, long career well, started out. You no, know, it's a round number, round number for 40 well, men. Well, I mean, but he started out in the six in the early '60s in Seguin, Texas, at KWED, and uh, he was interning in Austin. And the guy Cactus Pryor, he was going to Vern was going to go to the ministry and go to theology school for the Lutheran school in Illinois. And he said, you're good at this. I want to hire you. So he dropped out of school. We dropped out of the ministry and went to work. And Hey, the rest is history. 60 something years go. later. There yeah. you go. I don't know. Was it, him, was it him who said about Jackie Smith, bless his heart? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Probably I think it was. <laughs> I think it was yeah. Vern. Yeah, that, okay. was, that was Vern. All right. NFL, we do have the, like baseball. We, we are every week, you know, when we, when we're not doing, when baseball's off season, we have, uh, and there's always NFL stories. Maybe we'll find a few weeks that there aren't, but it's rare. For example, right off the bat, a couple days after the Super Bowl, Steve Wilkes was fired by the defensive coordinator of San Francisco 49ers. He's a former head coach of University of Arizona, and he uh, is a scapegoat. You know, we talked about that during the week about how basically, you know, you fire the hitting coach in baseball or the pitching coach or something, and uh, that's what they did. They fired the defensive coordinator, and, it, you know, when you do that once or twice, you can get away with it. But after that, uh, it gets the heat gets hotter. So we'll see what happens with Kyle Shanahan down the road. And of course, we had the tragedy, the Kansas City parade, the shooting. Uh, one, the, uh, one person was killed, and I guess there were about 20 injured, many children, two juveniles arrested, and I don't know what they were arguing about, probably uh, over a cell phone or something. Uh, we don't know what they were arguing about, Chris, but today uh, it was announced about an hour before the show that each of them, um, one whose last name is Mays and one whose last one name five, is one Miller, five, one, six, two, have two, both two, been raised. charged with murder and other charges, and that would um, life in prison if they are convicted. So they will not be tried as juveniles. They'll have the they regular will trial. Tried, they will be tried as adults. It sounds like it was um, these two were arguing about something. They don't yet know what, but yeah. you know the prosecutor said that they will continue the investigation. Um, but, uh, yes, they have been charged, both of them, with murder. The 42-year-old, um, let's see, Lisa Lopez, Lopez Galvin. Galvin is her name. Yeah. That was Galvin. Mother of two. Galvin. Now, the prosecutor, was, yes. hold, hold on. The prosecutor pronounced it Galvin. Uh, which would be so, Irish. She could be married to an Irishman. That could so be. I, I guess I would. I, it may not be that, but since that's what the prosecutor said, I guess I would go with the official. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it spelled, but she was a DJ uh, playing Tejano Mexican music on uh, a community radio station in Kansas City, and she was very well-liked and so forth, so it's very sad. And, uh, you know, they're talking to some of those kids that are traumatized about going to stuff in the future, big crowds, because they were there, you know, and you, you can understand that. It's very sad. Gino Smith, one uh, thing, contract. Okay, on, go ahead, Sean. On, real quick, one thing, um, a couple things on this. First of all, why were they, I mean, I got a little irritated. People were criticizing some of the chiefs because they went out to dinner that night after. I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, they got the people, you know, yeah, are you supposed, I mean, yeah, you can be sad. I mean, it's a sad occasion, but they went ahead. They, you know, some of them went out to dinner after the parade. Now, now Travis Kelsey was 
a little bit hammered before. If you saw the videos out there, he was well, singing. Well, that's usually the case of these guys. But, I've seen the yeah, singing parades. The, but I mean, they they were going, they were jumping on him about that. And yeah. I got to give it up to the guy Paul Contreras who tackled the one guy. You got to give it up to him and yeah. and you know, some other people players, too. Patrick, some other yeah, Patrick people too. Patrick Mahomes, you know, they, they the the fans got involved and got him. Yes, yes they, they did. did. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith, the contract option picked up by Seattle for next year, the 2024 quarterback. That's one team that's got a quarterback, 12.7 million. Um, uh, let's see. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be released by the Raiders uh, eventually, but when he does, does come back into the league, he'll be facing a two-game suspension for PED use. It was one of these deals where he said it was a prescription and he didn't clear it with the league. Oh, guys, you clear them with the league, but he didn't do it. And so he took something he wasn't supposed to take, so that's why he's going to be suspended. And then, um, hold on, hold on, Brock Chris. Purdy. Robert, this was an hold, hold on, hold on, Chris. Robert okay. would like to comment on the. All right. On the, okay. On the... Um, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo goes, yes, you got the facts correct. But because of his suspension, now the Raiders can get out from under his entire uh, contract. So everything is going to be voided. Uh, he will not be paid any money uh, this year from the Raiders at all. Um, they'll still take a salary cap hit this year, but. Uh, it would have it would have been over two years, but because of his suspension, everything is voided, and he that's does interesting. Not, he kind of a weird loophole because it's only two games, you know. Yeah, well, uh, the, apparently the Raiders, because of their past history with people getting in trouble with things, they've put in everybody's contract if you get suspended for any kind of you know uh, uh, thing okay. uh, having to do with NFL rules like this. The contract is on So it's not a league rule. It's something they put in there. That's yeah. protect it's something themselves. they put in there, yes. Okay. So there quit. you go. Okay, so Brock Purdy is the eighth. I'm surprised at this. Eighth second-year quarterback to start a Super Bowl. One, five, three, zero, and two, uh, five, we had Marino, who never got back and lost his. Kurt Warner, of course, won his when he started, as did Tom Brady. Then uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, uh, Kaepernick, of course, lost his. Russell Wilson did win his when he first went. Uh, Burrow won, uh, did not win his. And no rookie has ever started one. They played in them, but they never started. And I went back and figured it out. I may have it wrong, but I think they're the second-year players are 4-4 four and four in their Super Bowls. I think that's the case. But anyway, so um, and, uh, now here's something interesting. We were theorizing about this. There are like there were 28,000 or so fans that took breathalyzer tests after games randomly to uh, for uh, there was voluntary to just find out what the fan bases were like. 28,000 people did it from uh, all the cities, I guess. And the drunkest was a Tennessee Titans fan. I think they do some of that moonshine and stuff down there. I don't know. Then Pittsburgh, number two. Atlanta, number three. The Colts, number four. They can't tailgate outside, but they maybe they do. I don't know what they do there, but they certainly get drunk in the Dome. And New Orleans, number five. So the South, they're drinking up pretty good. And New Orleans, and, uh, New Orleans would not surprise you. No, no. New Orleans, they'll figure out a way. And, and, and hey, you can still tailgate in parking lots. You know, it's not uh, against the law. So they, they figure that out. And then the soberest fans were, even despite the tragedy of the other day, the Kansas City Chiefs. And my, my one of my theories was that they go to the, have been to the Super Bowl a lot, so the people won't actually watch the game. So that might have something to do with it. Well, well, you, like, hold on, hold on, Chad. Wait till we call you because then you're uh, stepping over us. Um, yeah. When uh, the Chiefs have games when it's minus whatever, though, they might be interested yeah. in drinking hot chocolate as opposed to beer. Go <laughs> well, ahead, something. Ahead, They're going to drink yeah. something. <clears throat> go ahead, John. 
But remember, this is all games, and what this is, this is an app that anybody can use to see if you can drive home. And apparently, they like I said, have twenty eight thousand. The one that surprised me is that Green Bay fans went there, or, or Cleveland Brown fans. Those two kind of—I figured they'd be up there at the top. Yeah, the dog. If you were to sit there barking, you would think you might have had a couple. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And the Green Bay—I think it's mostly beer. I think they're drinking the hard stuff down south. That's fine. Yeah, I guess. Today, the franchise tags go in starting at four o'clock today, and for the next two weeks. So it's not like they're going to come every minute, but for the next two weeks, that's the first thing in the new NFL year that happens, even though it's officially not the new year, but whatever, the franchise tag, and uh, they start today, and Matthew Slater did retire after 16 years with the Patriots today, uh, let people know on social media, he was a great special teams player, drafted out of UCLA in 2008, so uh, 16 years with the Patriots. So they were, they were saying on the NFL radio this morning, Chris, that most teams are going to wait till pretty close to the end to do the franchise tag so they didn't they didn't think we would see much of it today right yeah i think you want to talk to the player and see what they maybe you can get a deal done i mean you want to keep them and you're going to keep them because you've decided you're going to keep them but and sometimes you have a a couple to think about remember the giants had to decide whether they're going to do franchise barkley or jones and they had to decide. So sometimes you've got situations where you want to think about it a little bit more and talk to the agent and see what they're willing to do. Because you might want to just extend them, and then you can use your franchise tag for somebody else. So that's right. It makes sense to kind of wait. So any more NFL stuff before we move on to college? I hear nothing. Okay, college. ESPN will be the home of all the playoff games uh, for the uh, college football through 2031, so January of 32. Six-year deal. Uh, for uh, I, uh, billions, I, I, got, I missed the number, but uh, some number of billions to do that, and uh, so that uh, you know that's good for them. This through January 32, as I said, that was an extension on the one that they already had for 20 the next two years, and then the structure will be. Uh, and this is cool because we, we can talk about this in a minute, especially from somebody's point of view like Perry. The five, there's going to be five conference champions, and that means conference, conference champions of your conference game. Five champions, the highest ranked five will be in the, in the uh, mix, and the next seven teams. So what you could have is a team now, if you make your championship game, you've got a chance. Like Iowa knew, even if they beat Michigan, they'd get a better bowl, but they weren't going to go to, to you know, the playoffs. Now, of course, the playoffs are bigger. There's going to be 12 teams. But they weren't going to the playoffs, and they, they would probably go to the, you know, a better bowl, the better they, the, the better they did in that game. But now, when you get to that championship game, even if you're... Been in, they would have probably been into a New Year's Six Bowl as opposed to, as opposed to just a Citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But but now they'd be in the playoffs, and that's the cool thing. The other thing, though, is the, the, the so you have the four highest ranked, they'll get the buys, and then the 5 through 12 will will host the uh, the games. You know, 5, five will play 12, 6, 11, 7, 8, 8, 9, like you do in the NCAA bracket. And then, you know, you move on to the uh, semifinals and, you know, all that, quarterfinals, semifinals. But the thing about that is it also means that they're not going to be searching down to grab a team to put them in a New Year's Six kind of thing, which was not the playoffs. But now you could have a situation where you get your five conference teams and your next uh, seven could all be from, like, the, the three power conference, three or four of the, you know, two ACC, two SEC, three Big Ten, or something like that. You might not have another team that's not in a power conference because what we're going to have is the structure is going to be four power conferences because the Pac-10 is going away. So those will be your power conferences. And so you may not see 
somebody grabbing a team to put them into the New Year's. It won't be a New Year's Six to put them in, but, you know, grabbing a team uh, like Liberty this year. You know, there wouldn't be a team like that. So basically it's mm-hmm. going to be – I think it's going to be good, you know, and they'll try to – you know, you're not going to try to have two deep Big Tens play each other right away. You're going to put them against another one of the conferences. And I think it'll, it's going to be cool to have more teams anyway. I would so, think it'll so. Go, it'll go based on their rankings. It'll go based on their rankings. Sorry there, but, yeah, it was – like and you will still because it'll be the four power conferences and the highest ranked group of five because remember there is no Pac-12 because Oregon State and Washington State are basically playing a Mountain West schedule in football now now you could see let's say one of them win the Mountain West you could see them being higher than a 12 seed but yeah so in that case Iowa if they had won they would have been not only uh, you know in they could have as a highest one of the top four conference champions. They would have got that by, and what they're going to do, the New Year's Six Bowls are all now, two of them will be semifinals, the other four will be quarterfinals, and the higher seeds, they're going to uh, play, they're going to they're going to host, so the 5 through 8 will host 9 through 12 on that first weekend. It's a $1.3 billion deal from ESPN all the way through, yeah, $1.3 billion. So, yeah. And I, well, would expect is, too, so, that, I would expect, too, Chris, yeah. that ESPN Radio would also, would also yeah. continue yeah. to do that. You may, now, you may see, like, a Westwood One try to get into some of it. Yeah. Now, the, the other thing, too, though, you, you have a situation, Sean, like a couple of years ago, so it doesn't necessarily, the, the Power Four, because Cincinnati wasn't in that kind of a conference, and they were number one. So when they, when, yeah, you know. The, they could. So, that could you know, very easily like, happen if they no. If they're ranked high enough, that could very easily happen. Like, or like, you know, if they if they were in if they were one of the top four ranked teams, the way the committee ranks them, yeah. they could. And then you could see that ACC team, Florida State or whoever, going down as the number five. Ooh, if they got beat out by a group of five teams, can you imagine the uproar in <laughs> Tallahassee? They're really going to want every. You think they had an uproar this year about Alabama being in? They really, they would really yeah. want something going on. But it's still going to be, I think you're still going to see, yeah, you're going to have a team like a Cincinnati was a couple of years ago, or you're going to have, but you're, you're mostly going to have your big, you know, your four conferences and, you know, a couple or three from each conference. And, you know, we're going to have some changes in Alabama's not going to be as good and stuff. It's going to open things up in the SEC and different things are going to happen. Big 10, yeah. we'll see with the new coach in Michigan. So, you know, there's different things changing too, but, but if you, if you looked at it uh, fr- from different years, it, it isn't the name of the conference that gets you in. It's the, the team, the ranking of the team. So if you're, you know, a preseason team and you're undefeated and, you, you know, you're preseason top 20 and you stay undefeated, whoever you are, and you're number one and you win your conference, you're number one. You know, whoever, whatever conference it is. So there you go. So Caitlin Park, I'm sure. The Pac-2, before we get to that, Chris, the Pac-2 did hire a commissioner. I forget the lady's name, but um, they did hire a commissioner to lead them Legend forward. Uh, I don't know what they think that uh, this commissioner is going to do, but uh, they did hire a commissioner. Oh, great. So, Perry, you're going to want to talk about this. Caitlin Clark, now the women's all-time leading scorer, and uh, she got uh, she passed uh, Kelsey Plum. Where did Kelsey Plum go? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. Um, uh, she did it uh, in one minute into the game. Yeah, it took she her very little points. time at all. <laughs> and she, she did eight. She got forty nine. She wasn't messing around. <laughs> and that so, and that is it. That is an Iowa record: forty nine points in a single game. Oh, okay. So, so there you go. And, and uh, so we had a caller on uh, XM the other morning who was talking about. Uh, well, they sat her out in the fourth quarter and. You know, they had a lead, and they lost to Ohio State. Well, number one, they weren't playing Ohio State, Mm -hmm. and they were playing Nebraska, 
And number two, she didn't sit out in the fourth quarter. She was just missing shots, which, you know, it happens to everybody on a given day. Yeah. And number three, who wouldn't you have thought that game, I believe, was on the Big Ten Network. Wouldn't you have thought she would have wanted to break that record on the Big Ten Network as opposed to Peacock? <laughs> yep. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, people get crazy. Um, so Christian Horry uh, has committed to UCLA. He's the son of Robert Horry, the uh, the big shot Bob, as they used to call him when yep. he was at the Lakers in Houston and involved in a lot of championships. Spurs. Spurs won a lot of championships. How many championships did he actually win? He won some championships with all those teams. Seven. Seven, yeah. I think. That's very good, yeah, seven especially moving around like that. It's one thing if you're, you know, on a, on a team like the Lakers or the, you know, and you're not moving around. But he moved, uh, the championships moved with him kind of a little bit. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So his, uh, his son is going to go to... UCLA, and since uh, any more college uh, sports, uh, I guess we should talk a little college basketball. Well, we UConn a little blew bit. out. Yeah, UConn. Yeah, UConn yeah, the consensus, a they're a consensus number one. Yep. Um, Houston beat Iowa State in a top six matchup last night. Mm -hmm. uh, the Cyclones did not get off to a very good start shooting-wise, but they somehow got back in the game, and uh, both of those teams, from what I'm hearing, are going to be very highly seeded. Uh, when the tournament comes out on the 17th. And it sounds like the big conferences, of course, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC are going to be the two, the and three the big, big ones. And the Big I don't know about the Big East. But the thing they're is, not going to get quite, they won't get quite as many as those other conferences. No, the three no. that I think are, are the top three in the Big East, as I understand the standings, are uh, UConn, of course, Marquette, who, is, who UConn blew out the other day at, at home, and Creighton. Then there's a mishmash with, like, Providence, uh, Butler, uh, let me think, who's the other two? The, Villanova. Like a four-way type. Villanova, and uh, there's another, I'm not thinking, I'm not remembering. But there's like, there's a middle level, and maybe they'll get in. I think they'll get a couple of those in, but they're going to have to fight over it with each other uh, over that. But there's like a four-way tie in the middle, or there was. Uh, you know, but Providence, Villanova, and Butler are three of them, and I, I cannot think of who, who the other one oh, is anymore. But, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be, it's always and it's always season. possible, Chris, that Seton Hall steps up and beats somebody. They they, they could, usually they do. could. Yeah, they always they do. do. So yeah, and I don't think they were in that tie. It'll like, no. maybe it'll come to me, but uh, it, is, it ain't DePaul and it ain't Georgetown. They are terrible. Nope. Don't worry about <laughs> those. Guys. Yeah, I'm and, I'm hearing seven. I'm hearing seven from the Big East. I'm hearing nine from the Big Twelve. Maybe eight or nine from the Big Ten, and possibly ten from the SEC. Like I said, and right now I'm seeing your top. Your top seeds are probably going to be Connecticut, Houston, Arizona, and I'm seeing Tennessee because of Purdue's loss to Ohio State. They may they've dropped them down to a two seed. And by the way, Ohio State fired their coach after, and then they turned around and beat Purdue with their interim coach. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. But I'm seeing that. you know, there's a interestingly <laughs> enough, Bill. What do the people in Indiana think of Purdue? I mean, every year they're supposed to do. <laughs> great things and this and this and this they get this high seed and seemingly every year well they get the high seed and then you know what happened right but it's on an upswing this year indiana is way down they are not playing consistently well and purdue is for the most part you're going to lose a game every now and again in the big 10 now if purdue can lock in and go the rest of the way we'll see gene I mean, their coach, Matt, Matt Painter, is a really good coach. And they've got a good program. Now, I'm not saying they won't lose again in the first game or two like they did last year, but all indications are they're thinking they should be in the Final Four. 
And it depends they, upon who you and it depends upon who you get matched up with. I mean, right. that team. The more I went back and 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 watched that game afterwards, they that team had little guards as opposed to big Zach Eady. So yeah. they just they was just a matchup issue. Yeah, Xavier's the other team that I forgot. Xavier, yeah. Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, Xavier. Speaking so, of, uh, so any, speaking of, they'll probably won't get all to, four of them. I don't think they'll get all four, but they'll get a couple of them. Yeah. Speaking of getting to Chris, let's go to Jerry and see what Jerry wants to bring up. Hey, Jerry. Okay. Well, we're not. It's not time for this probably yet, but uh, I don't know if you guys uh, want me to announce, but uh, Yarmir Yager's number sixty-eight was retired on Sunday night, and they had the. Uh, uh, quite a moving ceremony at the Penguins uh, there. If you guys have any audio on it, I which I didn't, uh, I don't didn't have a patch for it, so I really couldn't present it. But uh, it was quite good. I'm a little concerned about the Pens, though. They keep uh, they lose when they shouldn't. Unfortunately, uh, they were uh, beating the Kings, but they lost. And, uh, you know, I don't know what to say about that. When we, but, uh, when we are, do the NHL, yeah, when we, and, of course, I do them each week for our system. But when we do the NHL standings uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, whatever, Jerry, it's just a whole big mishmash of teams that have a chance for the wild card, but there's a little gap. And, and there, you know, uh, in the East, there's just a bunch of them, and the Penguins are in the middle of it, but they they are not uh, doing anything. And if you got the ownership that we have in baseball, which you guys do, don't expect a lot of trade deadline activity. If we see any, then that'll encourage me that maybe we might see yep. some this year. But yeah, there, I don't know. But the, but there's Pierre's hockey story that he wanted. There you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Speaking well, about since, college, though, we do, yes, we do why don't need we to do hit... the baseball, college baseball right now. Okay. Well, college baseball did start this weekend, and uh, interestingly enough, my uh, Reb, Ole Miss Rebels were out in Hawaii this weekend. And Hawaii is it for most people would think, well, gosh, they should go out there and three, three out of four, four out of four. Hawaii is a good team um, for college baseball. They do apparently, according to what Eli Savoy and Brad uh, were saying on the broadcast, Brad Henderson, they were saying that they do very well in the transfer portal. So, <laughs> but uh, they went two yeah. and two against Hawaii, and probably part of the reason they went two and two is Mike Bianco had to really go deep into his bullpen because the first night. Uh, the game went 14 in, 13 inning and didn't get over till after 4 o'clock in the central time zone. And for the record, Pierre, no, I did not make it to the end of that I, game. I, I wouldn't have and, either. I will go back and listen to it sometime, but I did not make that. But then they had a double header on Saturday. So that, for the first weekend of the season, that really tests out your pitching staff. Yeah. And Pierre, how did uh, LSU do over well, the weekend? Well, LSU had... Uh, they had a four-game series, two games with Central Arkansas and two games with VMI. And uh, on Saturday, they uh, against VMI, they they scored 27 runs, Ooh. 27 hits, which was a school record, uh, tied the school record for the most hits in one game. Wow. And uh, But uh, Central Arkansas is pretty tough. They almost lost uh, uh, Monday. They uh they won by one run, you know. But okay. with the with the baseball talent in the South, Pierre, some of the those guys that would go to these big teams can actually go to a place like Central Arkansas and they can do well. And just because you're at a small school like that, you're still going to get noticed by major league teams. So it you can go there, and if you put up good numbers, it really doesn't matter where you play. Exactly, Central Arkansas had a pitcher 
Monday that was lights out. Wow. I mean, he went like six innings, and LSU never scored a run. And the, SC, and the SEC, as we well know, is supposed to be uh, – you know, big again as it always is. Iowa is expected to be very high up in the Big Ten. Um, I was listening to a little of their game on Sunday, and uh, they're supposed to do really, really well. They have a good pitching staff, and most of their lineup is back from last year, which made the NCAA. So um, there's your there's your college baseball All right. uh, discussion. Let's go but, to MLB. And we, and we will continue that college baseball stuff throughout the season. Yeah, we can hit on it once in a while. And, of course, we will, especially when we get into late April and May and they start to get ready for the tournaments and, uh, you know, the conference tournaments and all that. We, we tend to get busy with the college basketball and the MLB one, starts five, one, up two, and, five, and, and NFL two, news. Two, one, but certainly in, in the end of the other seasons, but about the beginning of May, college baseball does uh, become more in the spotlight, that's for sure. So yeah. the email, the long-awaited email, Perry, came out from MLB, the uh, game day audio or at bat or whatever you want to call yes. it. It's a, what, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing, okay, whether you say game day audio or at bat. But it is twenty nine ninety nine again, and it'll be a little more than that depending on your state taxes and, and what have you. But that's the price, twenty nine ninety nine, And it says in that you should be able to check out the minor league games too this year if you would like to. Um, so if you have a minor league team that you, you know, if you have a probably if you had a computer is how you'd have to do that. But now if you and if you don't have a computer, you can generally the stations do stream. So if you know what station you're, uh, like in your case, Chris, the uh, well, the, the Red, Red Sox, Sox. Yeah, what's yeah, the Red you, Sox? Yeah. If you know what station they're on, you'll be able to stream that. Right. And uh, but uh, it and uh, congratulations by the way to our Iowa Cubs broadcaster alex cohen he was named the iowa sportscaster of the year so oh, okay that's always a good well, it's always a good little thing to earn sure rob manfred says he'll uh, retire in january of 2029 he's uh, 65 uh, right now so he'll be 69 by that time became commissioner in january of 15 i didn't realize he'd been in that long he worked with mlb as a lawyer since 1987 for the owners he uh and uh, the, these are his goals or things he talked about in his uh, press conference. He wants to go to 32 teams. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, but they have to get things straightened out. Tampa Bay is on the way, but they have to get the business with the A's straightened out. Owners would like a uh, free agency period like other sports have. But uh, then again, you got Scott Boris, and I don't think the players will go along with it because Scott Boris is very influential, and probably the, that would be something that you couldn't uh, get changed. And the MLB, I forget. I think it's the end. Is it the end of twenty six? We have to go through another contract. It uh, is. Yes, thing, I think so. It's not and, that you know, far Chris, away. I, I would hope the players might agree to something like that because if you think about it, for that one week in December where you have the winter meeting, everybody is watching the baseball world. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you? want your big things to happen when everybody is watching you that should be your goal yep that's right because i mean uh, we've got guys still and we'll talk about them in a minute but we still got guys mm -hmm. out there now who are unsigned and i mean if you wait and sign these guys till what a week before the season there's no way in heck they're going to be ready by opening day no they won't uh they uh the a's the situation there is a deadline for the a's needing to know where they're going to play in 2025 because they need to start getting the schedule uh, put out in July. So they need to get this done with uh, where they're going to be interim, uh, if they're going to still, they need to first settle Las Vegas, uh, but they need to figure out their 25 and 26 
home because or 27 25 to 27 home because uh, they need to know how to schedule these games so you know right now robert the last i read which was uh, yesterday was that the a's are trying i'm sure the players absolutely will love this they're trying to negotiate a three-year deal to where they would still be playing in the decrepited coliseum uh that is not going to fly perry they're, they're talking but it won't it won't pass because the city of Oakland wants too much from Major League Baseball in return. They want to guarantee that if the A's leave, Major League Baseball will have another team right there ready to take their place, and that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen, because as I understand it, the latest I heard on the expansion, it sounds like if if you were to ask today, the, the leaders in the clubhouse might be Salt Lake and Nashville. That is correct. That's what I'm hearing, although I think that's disappointing. Uh, because I think Montreal should be should be included in that. Uh, but the other thing, I think the A's are going to wind up either doing one or two things. I think they're going to wind up playing three years in Sacramento, or they're going to wind up sharing the Giants' ballpark for the next three years. Because <laughs> Boy, I, that would be fun, wouldn't it? <clears throat> because uh, look, uh, they uh, they don't want to give up this TV money that they're that, that they're scheduled to get, so they have to. In order for them to get it, they've got to be in Northern California. They've got to be in the Bay Area. And they won't get very much even when they go to Sacramento because the Giants have nixed that idea. Well, well, we'll pay you, but we're not going to pay you what you're worth. You know, because remember, the Giants own both of those uh, outlets. The Giants are on and the A's are on as far as TV goes. And the Gi- so the Giants have complete space over what the A's are going to get. So, um, in order for the A's to get paid, they're going to have to work out some kind of deal with the Giants to make sure that the Giants are minimal. But John Fisher is so difficult to deal with. He's the worst owner in baseball. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But the uh, outfielders, I mean, the Arizona signed outfielder Randall Grichik, uh for two years, uh, for one year for $2 million, I guess, and mutual option for the next year. Correct. And, and uh, San Francisco invited Pablo Sandoval, and he hasn't, uh, back to camp, he hasn't played since 2021, and they want to recapture the magic of 2014 or something with old Pablo. He had no magic here, that's for sure. Um, Liam Hendricks, and this, the Red Sox do this every year. This is an annual event. They have signed Liam Hendricks as a relief pitcher two years for about $10 million, but he won't pitch most of this year because of shoulder problems. And this is what they did. They did it with James Paxton. They finally got something out of him last year, but they had him for a year, almost a year and a half before, they, before he pitched. So this is uh, not unusual for them. This is something they do. I don't understand the logic, but the Brewers did it too. Another big spending team. Milwaukee uh, did it with Brandon Woodruff. And, uh, but at least this was one of their own guys. Okay, well, that's, that's better. And a little discontent in uh, in uh, Angel Land. Mike Trout wanted uh, wants to stay, and he wants them to sign more people, wants them to spend more money. And by the way, Raphael Devers said he said, but didn't say today. I don't know if you saw it today. Perry just came out. But Devers, they asked him about, you know, the team this year. And he said, uh, you know, and how, what, how the offseason was. He, he said, I, I can't say what I really think. So <laughs> he's not happy either. No. And there's a lot of teams that are not happy right now because they, they think their their GM should have done more and they haven't. No. And Anthony Rendon says baseball not as important to him as it used to be. 
So no, he said it, it never. Is, no, no, he said it never has never been a high priority. Okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> Somebody you want on your team, isn't it? He got a hey, he got a World Series ring that way though. So yeah. uh, what can you say? You know. And then, uh, and Mark Lerner has said that the Washington Capital, uh, the Washington Nationals, are no longer for sale. And uh, maybe they're getting a better deal with the. Maybe they've gotten an indication from the new owners of the Orioles that they will get a better deal from Matson, well, you know, and get I more exposure. What, it is, what I, I was reading, what I was reading, Chris, is that uh, the new owner Rubenstein is going to sell Masson to. I hope I'm pronouncing this guy's name, Ted Leonses. Leonzo, uh, yeah. Leonzo, who owns some of the franchises around Washington. And I think he owns the Bullets and the, I mean, the Wizards and the uh, Capitals. And the Mystics. Um, okay. And what he was hoping for, Leonzo's, was he wanted major league programming. That's why he was thinking about buying the Nationals. Well, if he gets Masson, he will have the Orioles and the Nationals. Right. And right. apparently the, the Nationals will now get 40% of the proceeds through Masson, and apparently uh, Mark Lerner, um, Ted Lerner has passed away uh, last year, but Mark is a big baseball fan, and it sounds like maybe he just realized, hey, if I'm going to get that revenue that, you know, if they sell Masson and all that, why sell the team? Right, right, okay, and yeah, better uh, better partnership for them than they've had. Yeah. And by the way, another thing on the Manfred uh, thing that he wants to do away with, and he hopes this is done by next year, but certainly by the time he is gone, he wants these blackouts gone. Um, he right. said he said fans, wherever you are, should be able to watch your team. So, like, if we're here, we should be able to watch our Colorado Rockies if we want to. I have no idea why mm-hmm. we're blacked out of them. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, in that case, if you had to watch Chris on a computer, you would then be able to watch the Red Sox, whereas right now you cannot. You could listen okay. to them on audio, but you can't watch the game. That's that's strange, especially being right in market like that. So and the NFL, I, mean, I guess, is talking about that too. That you know maybe they'll, they'll figure out a way too to where people aren't blacked out of things. Well, now yeah. they're streaming. They're allowed. The NFL stations are allowed. The flagships are allowed. Well, you hear they're kind of allowed to stream, and you see some of them do and some of them don't in their areas. So I don't really know about the NFL. They're a little bit of a mishmash with that. So the one that is re- the one that really locked down its streaming though. Is the NBA because boy yes. you can hardly you can maybe find a couple get a few but yeah. not many. Sean, go not ahead. Easy. Well, an example like here. All right, I have AT and T UVerse. I can get the Houston because of you know it used to be AT and T Sports Houston. But if I when I had Spectrum when they moved over there, the Spectrum people can't get the Astro games. They can get all the Rangers games because they have a deal with Valley. But if you have extra innings. The Astro games are blocked out because they so you're in the market, even though you have a cable provider that doesn't have them. So right. I think that's a big thing. Just like I can't get the Mavericks games because of Valley Sports. Now I can get the Rockets games, ironically, because well, since I have Uverse, I get the AT&T Sports Houston. They're not blocking them out, but that's, that's a big deal because there's a lot of Astro fans in Austin that have Spectrum or Sudden Ring for a couple of the others, and they want to watch their Astro games. They go, oh, we're stuck watching the Ranger games, you know? So, but, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, any one more five, baseball before five, we go to the NBA? Yeah, yes, one can. more thing. People have been asking about this. The, the games themselves, I believe, and I don't know who it is, but I believe there's one game on Friday, and then Saturday there are like 15 or 16, and Sunday I believe there are 16 or 17. Now, one thing they're going to do this year 
for some of the spring training games, and I'll, I know, Bill, you and I were talking about this yesterday, they're going to bring in teams to play one another, and all of the top prospects from these teams will be there. They showcased, so, yeah. Yeah, which I, I think that'll be good for spring training. It'll it'll put some interest in the game. Yep, yep. So they're going to try. So, they change, so they're changing the rules about, like, you used to have to, if you went on the road, was you had to bring four starters, but now they're including the, the prospects or, or mm-hmm. adding them well, to the Well, these games we're talking about are going to be totally for the prospects. Oh, 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 I see. Ah, so okay. you're going to see, like, if, if the cubs and the reds play which they eventually will in spring training you may see all the cubs prospects and all the reds prospects in that game and i think that's a good thing it it, it's going to bring some some interest you know for people who want to see well what do we have coming up you know we know we have this right now but what do we have in triple a and will that will that affect okay so let's say you're you're the red sox and you're the braves and you're going to play on a monday afternoon does that mean there'll be two games? There'll be a prospects game and a, and a yes. There very well could game? be. There very well could be. Yes. Okay. All right. Mm. Good. Or, yeah, or you may, or you may, or you may see Chris that the the regulars will come in in the morning, get their work done, and they may just be given the afternoon off, and they'll do the prospect game. And so then, and the game that we would hear then would be the prospects game. Yes. If that's the case. All thirty yeah. teams. Everybody's okay. going to participate, and the Reds Correct. are going to do it twice. And I believe mm. I heard the Cubs at least a couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, probably for transportation, it'll probably be people that you're near. So the Red Sox might play the Twins, for example, maybe uh, you know, back and forth or something, because they're right in the, the all, both in the, you know, in uh, Fort Myers. So it might be easier to get everybody back and forth. And you always hear with when you listen to spring training games, you get about halfway through it. Boy, the regulars, yeah. they're they're just kind of you know they've kind of yeah. had enough. Well, if you do a prospect game at that time when the regulars just kind of had enough, you give them a day to kind of recharge their batteries, you know, you're mm-hmm. probably going to get better yeah. out of them the next day. Yeah, so, and you know, that's the, a good thing, thing. The, the thing about the Red Sox like this year, okay, I was, because of the Red Sox broadcasting all the games on, on 850 when they're not on uh, 93.7 oh, on the weekend, I was able to get to know some of the people that came up. I remembered some of the names better because they do about the fourth inning. They start to come in and filter into the lineups. And, you know, uh, so I knew some of the names when they actually came up. And it's, it's, it's kind of fun to know them, remember them from March. And I do try to listen to those games because when you're a team, it's one thing when you have a top team. But if you're a team that's like been in last place, like the Red Sox, you kind of want to know about the prospects. You want to have some hope that well, maybe when this guy comes back later, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be something, you know. Well, and you know you're going to have injuries throughout the season, so why? Yeah. You know, when you have those injuries, you know you're going to have these guys that can come right up and, and play. All right. Well, we got the NBA, and we should say that there was no defense to speak of played in the All Star game, and for the first time ever, I heard of a score in the NBA of over 200 points. The East beat the West 200. 111 to 186, and most most points ever scored, of course, in that in the All Star game. Uh, but that was the, the most points scored by a losing team, and uh, you know it was just crazy. Uh, 397 points altogether. East made 42 threes. The uh, Damian Lillard was the MVP with 39 uh, points. 
Uh, and Carl Anthony Towns for the uh, Timberwolves got 50 in a losing cause, and only in 28 minutes, so he, he did all right. If they'd have won, he probably would have won the thing. First time anyone in an official game have, has scored that much, as I told you. And uh, LeBron, uh, you know, uh, only played a few minutes, so that, you know. But he does want to play in Paris, they say. So he wants to stay in uh, through the, you know, he wants to play there this summer and uh, in the, on the Olympics team. And he'd like to end his career with the Lakers. And I wonder, there was a rumor uh, that during the trade deadline, there was a discussion about him being traded to the Warriors. And I don't know, Robert, if you heard anything about it, but whether they, he mixed it or whether uh, they just couldn't work things out. Do you know anything about that? Robert, with us? Okay, I'm here. Yeah, okay. Um, no, uh, it caught everybody by surprise, but apparently – uh, the Warriors co- didn't contact the Lakers directly. They talked to his agent ah. and uh, wanted to find out what the future was for LeBron because uh, since the, uh, the Warriors know that LeBron wants to play with his son. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out a way, well, if we can get your son here, maybe you can come and play. So um, if the Lakers can't pull that off, you might see LeBron with the Warriors eventually because apparently Joe Lacob is definitely for that idea. So okay. we'll, see that, that, we'll see if that happens in the future. All right. So um, Shaquille O'Neal had his number 32 retired by, uh, by Orlando. So he's also retired his numbers. Uh, various numbers have been retired by the Lakers in Miami and Orlando. And Pete Maravich had three teams retire his numbers. Uh, and Wilt Chamberlain, of course, Wilts were the Philadelphia 76ers, the Golden State slash Philadelphia slash Golden State Warriors, and the Lakers. And Pete Maravich, Atlanta, where he played in New Orleans, because he played there originally with the New Orleans Jazz and slash Utah Jazz, still has the number retired. And then the Hornets, now the Pelicans, have, uh, have Maravich's retired. So. And uh, another, I know Sean wants to talk about the All-Star uh, festivities, and we'll do that in a minute, but we just want to get the news that Jacques Vaughn was fired by the Nets. Uh, there are, he was 64 and 65 with the Nets in two years, 15 and 15 now. Uh, I mean, he was 15 and 15, and now he's 21 and 33. So he's mm-hmm. lost 18 of his last 24 games and kind of fallen out of the playoff uh, uh you know, the situation right now. And Kevin Ollie is going to be their interim uh, head coach, former UConn coach who won the championship in 2014, but then had to leave UConn for recruiting viol- uh, violations. So, Sean, you, 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 wouldn't you think, though, before we get to the all-star thing, wouldn't you think yeah. <clears throat> at some point with the net, don't you have to think about firing the GM? This is his fourth coach. Fire the owner. Well, unfortunately, they, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to fire the owner. You can't do that. You can't do that. The, but their, their problem is the they got involved. This is the guy's they, fourth they, coach. Wouldn't you think at some yeah, point the guy does not hire coach? They, the problem is they they were trying to compete with the Knicks, and they brought in Durant, and they brought in uh, Kyrie, and they did all these things, and then they had to they got Ben Simmons. That was a, that's a problem. Uh, yes. But you know, so they they basically have a really young team, and Ben well, not the Ben's old, but Ben Simmons and a bunch of young guys, and you know, so it's it's really been just trying to pull together something. They got uh, Mikhail Bridges there; he's pretty good. But other than that, it's just a bunch of guys and. And they really don't have the talent right now, so I don't know what they're supposed to do. Anyway, um, uh, Sean, so what did you want to say about the All-Star game? Well, first of all, I thought the skills challenge, I like the Sabrina Ionescu and uh, 
Steph Curry's a three-point shot. I think that's good for the league. Now, Kenny Smith had the bonehead comment of the night. He said she should be shooting from the women's three-point line. She chose, and he beat her like 29 to 26. And I can see when Caitlin Clark gets in there next year, I can see her possibly participating in this. And Damian Lillard winning the three-point. And even the dunk competition, it's lost a lot of its luster. But, I mean, you have the second-lowest-rated all-star game in history, it beat last year by 14%, but it's still the second lowest, and they don't care. They don't care. It's like no defense. No, I mean, you saw, you never really saw a lot of defense, but a lot of it is these players are all buddy buddy. They don't want to be there. What I mean, why have a game? I mean, what can they do? Maybe I don't know some more skills challenge because it seems like more people. I mean, it's not watched as much, but you hear more people talk about the skills challenges. I mean, you could do a one-on-one, but like you said, people get hurt. You could have horse. You could have like some free throw contests, or I don't know what they could what they could do. And you know, but whatever they're doing, even bringing even bringing the East versus West, it's not. It's not working because, like I said, these guys don't want to get hurt. They don't want anything. I don't. Do, should they have incentives? Should, should they do the? If you win this time, it counts. I hope not, like baseball did. But I mean, yeah. I don't know what they should do because I mean, these also games other than baseball, they're all kind of getting. Are they losing their luster? Maybe. Yeah, I think people I are jaded. In the old days, there wasn't that much, you know, you didn't have that much. You've got events all the time of one sort or another. College basketball has gotten so much bigger in the, just in the winter, you know. More people have hockey teams. used to be really, you know, people did look forward to the NBA All-Star game in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And, and you know, it didn't always have prime time. You know, Sunday afternoons was different things. But people did care about it more. And I think there's just so much going on now. It's like... And, and the players, I think the AAU thing is important. I think these guys all have the same agents. They all know have known each other since they were yeah. 10. And, you know, they just exactly. don't want to, oh, you know, you can dunk on me. I'll dunk on you in a minute. You know, that kind of thing. Could part of it also be, remember, back in the day, you didn't see a lot of these guys that often. Now you see everybody. Right. And like you said, and back then you had the rivals. Magic and Bird didn't hang out. They were rivals. They were Actually, they even in the 90s. pretty quickly in their careers well, because they did commercials together. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you they know, were you rivals know what I mean? in even the 90s. The Wilt and Russell were, were friends, too. So some of that was yeah. over. It was the people. The people felt that way. Even the, the players. Yeah. You know? Well, that that is going to do it for Sports Lounge Live for this week. We'll come back next week. Something will be going on. What we don't yes, know. Yes, and we'll find out. We'll tell be. you what it is when we know. <laughs> yes, and Book Talk is coming up. We will reset, and Book Talk will be coming up in a couple of minutes. <laughs>